Hag Hanukkah, Sameach, and welcome to The Great Debate for another week. I'm Sheehan, and I hope you all had a wonderful Thanksgiving and a wonderful Week 12. It is the second night of Hanukkah tonight as we record, which means the menorah's been lit, the mention on the bench is out, and Adam Sandler's novelty holiday songs are on repeat in our house. Joining me tonight is another mensch, though he's not from the bench. Welcome back, Justin Barber. Hey, Sheehan, how you doing? I'm good, mate. Hey, your Ravens are currently in first place in the AFC. Do you think you can go away? I don't know. Um, I'd like to hope, I hope we could. Um, I'm going to be honest, that last game, last night's game was a win, but it was a very, very ugly win. Um, it was nice to see the defense step up. They, I thought they looked the best they have all year. Um, but when that happened, the offense kind of took a dip. That uh, four interceptions by Lamar was not ideal. But um, I'd, like, I'd like them to rev up. I hope, I hope they can keep going. Yeah, sometimes it's nice to win ugly, and there's definitely a, a difference between winning ugly or winning a game you shouldn't win versus looking bad and winning. And I, uh, I haven't gone back and watched the game, so I guess uh, you'll know better than I, but there's certainly been games in the past that I've watched and gone, gee, that team didn't deserve to win, but they did versus a team somehow found a way to win. Right. And I kind of feel like that's the way they've been all year. You know, um, they're, they're a fourth-quarter winning team, um, it definitely gets your heart racing and puts you on the edge of your seat for all the Ravens fans out there. Uh, but yeah, I got high hopes for him. Question without notice, looking into your crystal ball, who do you see as the, uh, the two Super Bowl combatants at this point? I think we've got five weeks left. Tampa Bay's looking pretty good still. They're looking good every year. Um, yep. You know, I would like to see the Ravens step up in there, but that's probably more so wishful thinking. Um <laughs> You know, and your Patriots are actually looking really good too. They are. I'm uh, not getting ahead of ourselves. We've got the Bills twice in the next three weeks. Uh, so that's obviously going to be a really big litmus test. I think it's uh, I think it's the Cardinals to lose still. I've been very much on that bandwagon uh, for most of the year that they're the team to beat. But I think, I think we're going to see a wild card run in the AFC to get there. Um, and I think if the Patriots can hold off the Bills, it might be the Bills making that uh, that miracle run. Yeah, the Bills have looked good. Yeah, just not good enough. That AFC is a mess, though. Yeah, it feels like it could be anyone's game. It's all very, very close. The numbers seem very close. There's a few that are head and shoulders above the rest, and then everyone else seems to just be clawing and scratching for those uh, wild cards and final seeds there. Yeah, it's really been an any given Sunday type month, at least, for, for probably all of November. It's no good for fantasy when you're trying to project uh, who might do well and who might do poorly. But uh, they say the season doesn't start at Thanksgiving. We've hit Thanksgiving now. So the big news tonight is that Christian McCaffrey is out for the season after injuring himself against the Dolphins. Bit of worry that he now seems to be injury prone. Do you have any thoughts on Chuba Hubbard versus Amir Abdullah? Yeah, let me uh, let me tell you a little story. Let's go back in time to 2015. I made a huge trade in my fantasy league for a promising rookie who was a second round pick by the Lions, and I traded Jordan Reed for this guy. And that rookie stunk, and he continued <laughs> to stink every year since. And that trade has haunted me every day since. And do you know that rookie's name? Amir Abdullah. Amir Abdullah, yeah. Now, look, I mean, Amir Abdullah, he was getting like two-thirds of the workload, I think it was. Um, it could have been game script. Obviously, there was a lot of passing work, and they needed to catch up. Um, but for me, it's Chuba Hubbard. 
right? You know, I think he looked pretty good when he was starting the season. Um, he was averaging close to 13 PPR fantasy points a game. Um, I think he could kind of remain a nice RB2 flex option here. Yeah, for, funnily enough, for me, it's Abdullah. And I remember those disappointing Abdullah seasons, my first dynasty startup league. Um, basically back-to-back picks. This is, I didn't really know what I was doing. I, I picked Theo Riddick and Amir Abdullah. Uh, and I thought, there's a backfield you really want to sew up the Lions. Um, <laughs> neither of them really did anything, but I did end up uh, flipping Theo Riddick for a late-round pick, who I think turned into Mark Andrews. So you know, that worked out okay. But um, Abdullah's been surprisingly good. A, surprisingly that he was on the Panthers and not still sort of kicking around the doldrums of the NFC North. Uh, with the Vikings, but he um, he had a few weeks there where he was relevant, at least targets-wise. Obviously, Cam Newton being there, however long that's going to last, because he looked shit house this week. Um, but Cam's ability to run obviously caps both of the touchdown upsides of these players, and possibly the checkdown value of Abdullah. Right. You know, I mean, in a world where Cordell Patterson is the best running back that I have on my fantasy teams where I have them. Um, I think anyone can happen and anything can happen here. Um, you know, one thing I would note is that they have some pretty tough sledding moving forward. Um, you know, they have the bye week and then they face Atlanta, which is a great matchup. But then after that, it's Buffalo, uh, Buccaneers, and then you're looking at the saints. So it's kind of a rough, it's a rough stretch. I mean, obviously if you get a chance to grab a starting RB, you do it. Um, but I think people should also kind of temper their expectations when when getting into this backfield. For sure. And, you know, Alexander Madison is probably the preferred option as well if you're looking for a, uh, a handcuff this week, the handcuff to Dalvin Cook. I think that Cook injury might keep him out for a little while. Uh, and potentially um, uh, we saw Austin Walter come out of nowhere for the Jets. I don't know how much of the Jets running a game you want to be part of, but he's going to be free and out there. Uh, anyone else you've got your eye on before we get into uh, this week's main course? Yeah, I mean, there's questions of whether Swift would come back. Um, if not, Jamal Williams is a great pickup. Yeah. Um, I really liked Dontrell Hilliard out there. I mean, he looked he looked really good. Um, now, I know Devontae Foreman is going to be the ground and pound guy. He's going to kind of, I say this very loosely, work into that Derrick Henry role. Um, but... You know, with a team that's kind of playing catch-up, I think Dontrell Hilliard, he kind of looked, yeah, he was shifty. He looked good out there. Um, and then obviously- they you- both looked pretty fumbly, both uh, <laughs> Foreman and Hilliard. Hilliard obviously had the, the big play, but- um, Yeah, yeah, I, I, I agree. I don't know the Patriots were doing. They just let him run all over him. It, it's tough. It's tough with a lot of these backfields because I don't think- Number one this year I, is massive amounts of injuries. I, I think it might take the cake in, in a long time. I know last year we had a lot of people out with COVID, but this year it just seems like teams are just getting hit left and right with like legitimate injuries going on. Um, so a lot yeah. of these these backfields, it's hard to get excited about them because the you know I think people like Madison that you mentioned earlier. We know that he is a, a very legit strong runner in a very strong system. Whereas a lot of these other guys are a little more questionable when we look at the Titans backfield, um, when we look at the Panthers backfield. Yeah. And certainly I'd prefer a piece of Vikings backfield than 
uh, the Titans or the Panthers or the Jets or, or a lot of teams at the moment. And we got to, mm-hmm. you know, maybe pour one out for Debo Samuel, the RB1 in, uh, in San Francisco as well. Right. So he might miss a couple of weeks, which not good news for anyone who picked him up in the middle rounds. Anyway, we've uh, we've gone on a bit long about some of these guys. Well, if you think that was tonight's debate, you've got another thing coming. The main course this week is a dish of wide receiver versus wide receiver, AFC contender versus AFC contender, and week 12 end zone finder versus week 12 end zone finder. Tonight we are talking Nick Westbrook-Akina from the Tennessee Titans versus Kendrick Bourne of the New England Patriots. To grow... To- to quote the great Rick Astley, you know the rules and so do I. Each of us will have two minutes to make our case for our player, followed by a minute of rebuttal. The end of debates will cover any additional thoughts. And, of course, we have the challenge flag. Each of us can throw our challenge flag once during the other person's time. Challenge must be in the form of a question. Can't be in the first 30 seconds of the other person's spiel. I'll be making the case for why you should get into hardcore born. But first, Justin, express yourself about NWI. All righty. Yep. We're going to talk about Nick Westbrook Akina. And he's a 24-year-old receiver for the Titans. This is his sophomore year. Um, This past week, he saw a team high of five targets catching two of them for 25 yards and a touchdown. Now, hearing that stat, it might not seem like much, but he also faced the Patriots, who are top against the league in pass and specifically against the top passing option, which, spoiler alert, NWI is. So pour one out for AJ Brown, who's on IR, and he will be after their bye. Julio Jones is on IR. I don't have any more to pour out for him because he's really been in and out all year. And then even Marcus Johnson's been out with a hamstring issue, which as we know can tend to linger. This makes Nick Westbrook Akina the de facto number one in the Titans right now. In fantasy, volume is the name of the game. And here, NWI leads the team in every receiving category. Week 11, he caught seven of eight targets for 107 yards. Now, see, that's a stat that I like to say better. Um, Now, he does have a bye week coming up, so he's a stash candidate. But because he has the bye coming up, you can also get him cheap. Some people might not even put in for him. Some people may not even see him. So after he comes back, he does face the Jags in week 14 and Pittsburgh in week 15, Both of those teams, you can certainly get it done through the air. Um, After that, he does have a tough matchup with San Francisco and the Dolphins, but in fantasy football, you get the guy that'll get your points now. I think that this is him. Um, So I know the argument coming is that he's on a team that wants to run the ball, and that's very, very true. But this team will also be forced to throw as all their top players are out. And unfortunately, the team will need to stay competitive. Um, So again, Derrick Henry's out, A.J. Brown's out, Julio Jones is out. Nick Westbrook Akina is the only guy left. So go get him. Well, you hit my first point in the head. The Titans won't or can't throw the ball. They've had fewer than 200 passing yards in three of the past four games. They did crack 300 yards against the Texans, a game where they scored 13 points. They also scored 13 points again this week thanks to a long touchdown from Dontrell Hilliard on some pretty poor defense. There could have been turnovers on the two prior plays, but coulda, shoulda, woulda. Good for him for scoring his first touchdown in a couple of years. But the Titans, they managed 93 gross passing yards for the game on 21 attempts. Takeoff sacks, that's 85 yards. You see that on one play from Derrick Henry against the Jaguars normally. 
So how much do you trust Ryan Tannehill? When Big Decker Henry's back from injury, how much are they going to be throwing at all to anyone? They just want a warm body out there to get the play-action game. It doesn't necessarily need to be Westbrook Aquina. Titans have a bye this week, as he said. Julio Jones eligible to return against the Jags. Even if he's out, Aquina is still the main man. But do you want to be counting on him in a potential win-and-in situation? And if you're set for the playoffs, are you going to be starting him really? Man, that minute really does fly. <laughs> sure does. Well, on to Kendrick Bourne. In case you missed it, Bourne had two of the three best catches in the league this weekend. Shout out Antoine Winfield Jr. for mossing Michael Pittman for pound for pound, I think almost the uh, the best catch of the week. Bourne is having career best year since joining the Patriots. He's seven catches and 45, 44 yards short, hitting career highs in those stats, while he's already equaled his career best touchdown number with five now, if you want to let your narratives do scouting for you, you want to be- believe Mac Jones only throws short, well, go ahead, live in your fantasy land. But good news is Kenny Bourne is averaging seven yards per reception after the catch. He's making people miss in tight situations too. You and I were talking off pod earlier today that the knock on Bourne was that he could make clutch catches, dropped easy passes. He's barely dropping anything. And besides, you're always, you're always going to look like you don't drop anything next to Nelson Aguilar and, let's be honest, Jacoby Myers as well. Bourne's predictive metrics are off the charts. He's in the 80th percentile or higher in targets per route, routes run, air yards, yards per routes run. That's insane. It's good from a slot receiver. He's almost a yard better per play than any other slot receiver in the league. should say that's your traditional slot as opposed to like your big slot. We could be splitting hairs with how often someone like a Cooper Cup lines up in there. We're talking about little shifty guys. For me, Bourne is a pure eye test guy. I loved him when he was on the 49ers. I was excited when he got to the Patriots. Yes, his stats are good this year, but watch him play. Watch how open he is. Watch how he gets open. Watch what he can do with ball in hand. Watch how Mac Jones looks for him. Yes, Jacoby Myers is the number one in that offense, but teams start to clamp on, clamp down on him, and Bourne has shown he's capable of taking any pass to the house. He's done it this week against the Titans. He did it earlier in the season. Yes, he saved his fantasy day with a 70-something yard touchdown or whatever it was. Finishing off plays is a skill. Kendrick Bourne has it in spades. It's always hard to bet on who's going to be player of the week in New England, but watch Bourne go to work as teams key in on stopping Myers. I'm all in on Kendrick Bourne. But there's always differences of opinion, so tell me why I'm wrong. So, I mean, as we talked off off air, um, I've always liked Kendrick Bourne personally. I liked him on San Francisco, um, and I think it's really good to see him now that he's in England and he's getting play. Um, so I'm not going to trash him too much. Um, you know, he had an uptip, uptick in targets, and he's had four catches in the last five of his games. Um, but really, it was his two TDs that made the performance so good last week. Now, unfortunately, as a fantasy manager, this is something you can't always bank on. You know, where I look at um, NWI as a steady floor, Kendrick Bourne is a high ceiling play. I'm not saying he doesn't have value, but if you're looking to have more of a boom bust player, that's kind of what you're looking at. I mean, he kind of reminds me of Darius Slayton last year where he'll, he'll end the year very high ranked than some other receivers, but it's really because he's getting huge games mixed in with a week or two of lower points. I mean, Belichick spreads the ball around. So you have Jacoby Myers, Nelson Aguilar, Hunter Henry, and a hundred running backs back there with Harris and Armadre and, you know, all, all fighting for targets there. So, you know, additionally, he's got, he's got a real rough upcoming schedule. Um, You know, he's facing the bills this week, then he goes on by, and then he's facing the Colts. 
who recently their defense has even stepped up more. And then he faces the Bills again. Um, so he does finish the season with Jacksonville, uh, but it's kind of a long road to get there. So um, Bourne offers nice upside option if you're looking for a shoot for the ceiling play in any given week where you have multiple flex spots. I certainly think that that's good and that does have value. But my big concern here is target share and a pretty rough schedule if you're going forward into your playoffs. Yeah, he certainly has a bit of a tough playoff schedule. And in fact, kind of both of these players do. You talked about NWA having an easier schedule. The Patriots one's tough. Um, We'll move into sort of general thoughts about these guys now. I I agree if you need the ceiling. Actually, I I probably don't agree. I I think um, both of these guys are ceiling players, but I think there's also a less than predictable floor. Um. And then you're almost asking yourself, is the boom enough to counteract the bust? With someone like Amari Cooper, it absolutely is. But for Nick Westbrook Aquina or, or Kendrick Bourne, do you really think it's do you really think the potential one point five is worth the eighteen? Right. And and I do think that there's areas when that is important. You know, I was in a matchup last night with a buddy of mine and um I was just way ahead any given Sunday. Um, and he actually switched to a player that was more boom. Like he, he wanted to put in Marquise Brown. He took out his other player. So, I mean, I think in that case, there are times where it's really valuable to have that high ceiling guy. And I think Bourne is valuable for that. Or a lot of times if you play in multiple flex leagues, you know, or if you have three wide receiver sets, I think Bourne is a really good player to work in there. How it depends how you structure your team. A lot of times I will have players that are steady, and then I throw in a boom guy there to try to push me over over the top there. Um, yep. You know, like I said, it's hard for me to talk talk bad about Bourne because I have always liked him. Uh, last year when San Francisco's receiving core was down for fantasy, um, he always seemed to deliver to a degree. I mean, he was someone that, that reliable, particularly in deeper leagues. Um, Nick Westbrook, Akina, really the concern there is going to be the offense. You know, uh, Titans are just decimated all over the place on their team. Um, I do think he will get the volume. I mean, against the Patriots, it's really hard to have a good gauge of how that's going to be because the Patriots are really good at shutting down that passing game. And I'm not sure if they focused on him, um, but it'll make more sen- much more sense to see how that shakes out once we start getting into that Jacksonville play after the bye. Yeah, the um, his touchdown against the Patriots was a mess. It was originally not called a touchdown. It clearly was a touchdown. But he basically tripped over his own feet and nearly didn't score from three yards out. Um, you re- there's like a classic bubble screen, and you just to show a bit of chill, Nick Nick Westbrook Akina. Um, if he's on your waiver wire in a dynasty league, I'd be surprised if he is. But he's a guy you should definitely have on your roster. I think he's got nice high upside. He's played some good football this year. Um, I'm probably more interested in him than Bourne long term. But for me, it's it's Bourne rest of season. The reality is at this point of the season, you're probably not starting either of these guys unless you're absolutely decimated by injury and you really need to. Personally, if you uh, have a pretty set starting lineup and maybe even you know an, an extra backup player at each position, I'd be loading up on running back handcuffs uh, at this time of year rather than 
dart throw wide receivers. But again, if you need winning in, then uh, we'll certainly born this week because he's playing and Westbrook and Keenan the week after because he's playing. Yeah. And I think that was really important um, to kind of go through the schedule of these, these players Um, because you can stash them. Um, Also, you can just look for the matchup. I think both of these guys are, you know, if you need, if you need to break glass and throw someone in your lineup, you know, keep an eye on them um, and have them there. I mean, I, I definitely think, Born could be a championship league play. Um, I do think that um, Westbrook Aquina can be played in two weeks. I think they're both solid plays for those games. Um, but you you want to probably be careful in some of their harder harder games because they both could fall into that boom bust category. Yep. Yeah. Totally agree. Well. We're running out of time because we have a hot date with our other podcast coming up right after this. So why don't you tell the good people where they can find you, stay up to date with all the awesome stuff you do in and out of the fantasy football space. Oh, thank you. Yeah, if you want to contact me, talk to me, see what I'm talking about, you can go on Twitter and find me at Justin underscore B. And then if you want to see some of my work, which is design and web-based, you can go to justin-b.com. Also, if you're looking for any work, you can hit me up there. Excellent. Definitely check him out. Uh, thanks for tuning in to the great debate. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter at Sleepaway Show. Chuck us a few dollars on Patreon if you're so inclined. Don't forget all your money goes to charity. We don't make a cent out of this. Uh, we do it for the love and we do it to raise money. So if you want to help us out with that, then you know it's time to be a mensch. So be a mensch for us. If not, please subscribe, rate, and review on your favorite podcast platform. You can follow me on Twitter at Sheehan Solo. And until next time, Hag Urim Samer.